Hello, and welcome to MBA League Pass, the podcast for current and prospective business school students. Our mission is to help you explore business school by interviewing students, alumni, and staff who can share their insights and provide a better understanding of what to expect as an incoming student or how to best utilize your experience as a current student. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tiffany Christopher, and I'm your host. Today, we are excited to feature Mandeep Mitra, Head of Data Strategy at J&J Consumer, which, since this episode was recorded, recently spun off as Kenview. Mandeep is also a founder of Sociate, the first networking platform dedicated for MBA students and alumni. On today's episode, Randeep shares how Sociate came to be, how users can get the most out of the platform, and how his experience at NYU Stern provided the resources necessary to make Sociate possible. After listening, be sure to check out Sociate at www.sociate.io or download their mobile app, now available on Apple or Google App Stores. Please enjoy this very special episode. So thank you so much, Randeep, for joining us in NBA League Pass. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your background and your educational history before your program at NYU Stern? And who is Randeep? Yeah, so I grew up in India in the late 80s. And as a teenager, just like many of my friends, I was fascinated by the idea of you know coming to America, studying in America, the opportunity landscape, the whole American dream. So when I finally got the admission into a U.S. engineering program, I was really, you know, excited about it. Yeah. And then to start a new chapter in the U.S. So after finishing my undergrad and after working many companies in many different technical roles over the next 12 years, here I got an opportunity to finally pivot my career and go into the MBA program. So that was in uh, 2012. Oh, that's fantastic. Where'd you go for undergrad, if you don't mind me asking? I went to University of South Carolina. Okay, so can you tell me about your current industry and field and explain your industry and role to, let's say, a person who's very unfamiliar with what you would do? Sure, and this is a question that I get quite often even (laughs) outside of this podcast. Uh, So I work in the MarTech industry. So what is MarTech? It's marketing and technology coming together. And within that industry, in my role, I get to set the data strategy for leading consumer brands in this case, you know, Johnson & Johnson, consumer brands, where, you know, we help the company to help understand consumer insights and how we can reach the right audience at the right time with the right message. So that's a lot of what marketing tech or MarTech is about. Oh, that's fantastic. How did you get into MarTech? The way I got into MarTech was probably a series of roles over the years. Mm -hmm. So I obviously started in the technology side, as I said, and then I got into data and marketing for a company called Audible.com, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. It's part of Amazon now. And then my first pivot into pure digital advertising and marketing was when I joined CNN.com back in 2012, Jan. Um, So it was the transformation from more pure technical role to a role where you have to use analytics and support the marketing teams and the advertising teams in that case. How long have you been at Johnson & Johnson? I'm going to be actually hitting my five-year anniversary in two weeks. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. It's kind of off script. I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this. um, But I'm curious a little bit more about MarTech now that you explained it that way. What are some things that you're seeing in your industry that might change the way that you do work? Yeah, I think the the biggest change which you will see if you Google search MarTech even now uh, is really the change uh, because of privacy laws, right? right? A lot of the privacies and regulations uh, are really changing. And three things happening uh, is that 
countries, even states like California, is really coming up with their own regulations of what you can do with consumer data. How can you target someone on Facebook or on YouTube or any other platform? Yeah. So that's one. And then there are companies like Google and Apple who are also tightening what they are they want to do because they are trying to respond to the regulations happening in the in the in the across governments. Oh, like similarly when. Apple might ask me if I want to share my data if I'm downloading this app or something like that. Or exactly, that's a great example. So Apple has been a very privacy-centric company, mm-hmm. uh, and so has been others. But yes, so Apple is one of the companies who definitely um, wants it to make it harder for advertisers <laughs> to be do more one-on-one messaging and more of a group messaging and group reach out. Oh, very interesting. Um, So why did you pursue your MBA and did you consider other degrees and programs before you landed at NYU Stern? Yeah, so while I initially had considered doing a master's degree in engineering, given my undergraduate engineering, uh, over time, you know, while I was supporting all these different marketing, sales and finance teams in some of these organizations, I think it made me realize that you know, really enhancing my understanding of business operations and strategy would really make me more well-rounded, right? So that is some that is probably the biggest driver to why I decided to go for MBA school when I was in a fairly technical role uh, in the beginning of my career. And as far as your question on why NYU Stern, well, NYU Stern actually was highly recommended by one of my mentors at work, um, at Turner Broadcasting, actually, who went to Stern a few years prior to my, my time and I think the proximity working in the city in New York City and then being able to go to Stern mm. it just has its advantages so I think it was a you know the strength of the program I would say uh, you know was a big thing and the fact also that it offered weekend and weekday program which not all all programs does can you remind me when you graduated because you graduated from Stern yeah I graduated in 2017 okay so now that you're you, you remember why you went to Stern and you kind of have the hindsight now of being years out of your MBA program and you went through the program. Did you find that to be true? Did you feel like it helped you gain an understanding of the areas where you were a little less familiar with, like business operations and strategies? And do you Absol- have an opportunity absolutely. to appreciate that? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'd say 110%. I mean, it's not that, you know, we all can read our strategy books. You can all, um, you know, watch videos these days. But I think being in the class, doing those group assignments, doing those projects, those case studies, I think they are invaluable, right? Yeah. And I think it gives you a, an appreciation of the nuances of strategies, right? Nuances of game theory. You know, it depends on the class you take. Of course, not every program is the same, but yeah. there's some pretty standard classes, right, across all the programs. So I think being able to understand, you know, what is efficiency versus effectiveness in business? What is the difference between strategy and execution, which we all know is very important, not just to strategize, but to execute on it. (laughs) So all those things, I think you get a better appreciation when you go to a business school program like Stern and many others. I agree. I see a lot of people who are prospective business school students talk to me and they think, you know, I'm not going to know a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I don't understand in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's one of the reasons why they didn't want to go, right? Or like they didn't feel like they would need those classes or they would be useless or maybe um, learning it in an MBA program isn't enough. They should have went to undergrad for it, right? Yeah. But I actually really feel like for the classes where I had no background, it's so rewarding to actually have yeah. even a small understanding, even if I only observe, absorbed 30%. Yeah. 
it made a huge difference. True, true. Yeah, and on that point, I think one, uh, to your point about some people have taken that class before, maybe a finance, they don't want to take that class again. I actually think sometimes, you know, taking a class after 10 years, even if you have done finance or accounting, actually gives you a different perspective because now your classmates are not 20-somethings. You know, there are people who have been in the industry, been yeah. working, and when they raise their hand, they might give you a perspective which your previous classmates in your undergrad class did not ask that particular professor at the time. So I think it, it, it is not always the same. You know, things change. Uh, and I think, uh, as you said, a lot of people are a little bit hesitant, but I think if someone is feeling strongly, they should go for an MBA program. I agree. So um, going back to you said one of your mentors in the industry had went to Stern a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Would you say that played a role in you ultimately deciding to do it? I think a lot of people needed to know somebody before they gained the confidence to, to do it. And how do you feel that played a role? Yeah, I think it did. I think one of my peers uh, at the time was going to Stern. Oh. And one of my mentors, uh, actually, he was kind of my, like, kind of my dotted line boss mm -hmm. uh, in the organization had gone to Stern, as I said, my mentor. So, so it was, you know, probably that whole ecosystem of people who had gone to Stern and gone to MBA programs in general. And, and I've already seen in previous organizations the people who went to MBA programs just had a better grasp of business uh, business kind of complexities and other things in general. Not to say that people without MBA programs cannot do it either. They can. Uh, but I think some of those things did play a kind of role. Not only do you have your job at Johnson & Johnson, but you have also started something that a lot of my classmates have been a buzz about and we've all joined, which is Sociate. So can you tell me the origin story of Sociate, how it became to be what it was, but also let's start off with what it is for our listeners. Yeah, so let's start with what is Sociate, right? So first of all, the word Sociate was born of the idea of associate. So you mm -hmm. associate with something and we said, you know, Sociate is a nice kind of a shorter form of that word. So Sociate is really a cross-school networking platform for all MBA alumni and students where you're connected to everyone on day one. So there is no need to send a connection request. There is no connection limits. There is no messaging limit as far as students and alumni are concerned. So it's a very open-ended platform in that from that perspective. And we make it just easy for everyday MBA students or alums, whether they went to the top five programs or the, the middle tier programs to connect with each other, to have a conversation, message, you know, apply for a job or share their events or any particular uh, opportunity or even the startups uh, if they want to promote that on the platform. You mentioned that the dream is to obviously have all MBA programs, so all alumni and students of any MBA program in the country on Sociate. Uh, can you tell me where you guys are standing right now and where you're at now? Sure. Um, so we started off at NYU Stern because that's where I went. And then we slowly expanded over the COVID uh, period to other programs, which made sense because people were not networking with each other at the time. And we have now grown to the top 30 programs in the country. Uh, we have pretty much most of them. Uh, and then we have a few programs in the top 30 to 50 bucket. Our goal is eventually to be open to most of the MBA programs in this country and be able to create this effortless bridge, right, for connecting with each other. So what's the personal origin story associated? So how did it get conceptualized? Where? Who's a part of it? And how did it come to be? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So the, the, the idea for associate actually came when I actually was working on my previous startup. 
So this was actually a startup I was trying to do in the healthcare, like home healthcare space where, you know, you have physicians and nurses coming to home, elderly people's home directly for services and for home care. And that was, if it's called Health IQ, it's, it's obviously not operational right now. And while working on that startup with another MB alum, we realized that once you try to network with people outside your immediate school program, outside your individual industry, it is a much uphill task. And that's where the thing came that if you take an ecosystem like MBA, which is of course a premium ecosystem of schools and business professionals and alumni, and actually make it effortless to connect, to yeah. exchange jobs, insights, events, right? It will be a great place. So that's where the original idea for Associate came, just to make it a much more you know, efficient version of networking for all MBA communities. And one of the things you told me was this all started, was it when you were students? You were just in a yes. classroom? Yes, in a classroom. It actually whiteboarded inside Stern. Uh, <laughs> it actually, I probably have a picture on my phone of that whiteboard. But yeah, we kind of drew up the concept. Things have changed, some of the ideas from what we have today. But yes, we thought about this this particular idea while at Stern, in my, during my, my second to last semester at Stern. I think it's so exciting to hear these personal stories of MBA students who go and actually come up with ideas for businesses and startups while they're in school. It's so fascinating because it really does kind of put you in an ecosystem where you're with so many people of different talents and different disciplines. There's so much more possibilities because you're not surrounded by everybody who does what you do all the time. And even somebody who isn't entrepreneurial in thinking of going to business school might become. So do do you feel like before going to Stern, you were looking to do like something like this, like looking to start something brand new, or did your last startup and associate kind of come from being in this ecosystem of entrepreneurship that kind of evolved? Uh, absolutely. Now, I, I would say that, you know, just from a family perspective, you know, my father also was kind of a serial entrepreneur. He did try a few things and he actually used to work in the bank, but he did try a few couple of industries. Some of them, one of them actually was a little bit more successful than others. But having said that, I did think in my case, Stern played a big role. Actually, I'd say the Stern's entrepreneurship competition every year was a big driver. Uh, we did try to enroll, uh, associate during one of the second or third year of the competition that they were doing. And I think uh, it was a big uh, help to have access to the entrepreneurship lab at Stern, which I think is called the Leslie Lab at Stern. Uh, they're always very helpful people over there. Mm. I think with, in terms of talking to you know, legal professionals, talking to subject matter experts, you know, tech developers, they have a lot of, uh, you know, sessions that they do. It was really helpful at the beginning of our startup journey to, to do that. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that your program actually provided you a lot of the resources to really get things off the ground, especially because just the idea of starting something new, that can be such an overwhelming experience. Yeah. It's great to be in an area where all of them can gather together and there's a lot of easy access. I'm a member of Associate. I'm on it. So I, I kind of see where you're at and I really like it. But I'm so curious, what are your next steps? Yeah, so uh, our next steps or even current steps to that, uh, right. for that matter, uh, is really, you know, growth, growth, mm-hmm. growth, right? We're trying to grow a platform. We're trying to grow the content and value of the platform, right? It's not just, you know, getting people to join the platform, but make sure that they're exchanging the jobs, the events, and for kind of the whole spirit of MBS, helping MBS. So that's really the number one focus area. I think closely followed by that, we are launching uh, our mobile app, uh, you know, in the matter of weeks, which is good. We're right now a website-only platform. So having the mobile app and getting access to that will be great for the students. And then we're also working on the, 
you know, slowly but surely on the monetization side of the platform. And that will be kind of the eventual step into 2024. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait to use the new mobile app when it comes out. Thank you. So I've been on the platform. I've noticed so many people reaching out with opportunities about jobs and connecting and events and stuff like that. But do you have a personal associate success story that someone has, you know, used your platform, posted, um, or what's, have you seen a success story that you're able to share? Yeah, I think there's obviously a lot of, uh, you know, success stories that I get got to know. Some actually I did not get to know because not everybody's going to message me telling, you know, how associate helped them, but as long as it helped them, which is the most important thing. But a few users, few members have messaged myself, me or my co-founder. And one of the success stories was when someone was, was looking for a job, they reached out to someone on Societe because we make it so easy for people to connect with each other. And that alum thought instead of the job that he was, he had posted on Societe, that this particular other person might be more interested and might be more relevant for a more senior role. So he actually got a senior role, which is not posted on Societe, by the way, but because this, this alum you know, was talking to this recent grad on social platform messaging. Uh, I guess they came to the realization that this recent grad might be more well suited for this more senior role. Wow, that's which amazing. I, which I think is great. And actually it wasn't a major pharmaceutical company. So it was a re really great uh, success story in my mind. Uh, also, if I can, I yes. might add one more success story, which actually was, you know, goes into the into the whole uh, fact that Societe is actually a very popular platform with founders, right? Because it's a great platform for founders to get, you know, a free promotion of their app, get better users to try out their app. So a lot of founders, I would say 10%, 5 to 10% of our population are ex-founders or entrepreneurs, you know, some of them at different stages of their journey. And one of the things that I heard was one of the co-founders, this was for last year, and I think he went to West Coast School and he actually was an associate and he was thinking of an idea, of a next idea, I guess. He already had a startup from before and he actually met his next co-founder on associate because this person had shared and they realized they need to partner and collaborate and come together. So this is something actually happened last year and and haven't been able to check on how far they have gone since then. But I think that's a great, uh, you know, story and uh, and i think a great proof that you know when you make it easy for people to connect they will and you know great things can come out of that that's really fantastic you shared such an interesting stat just now that you know five to ten percent are founders of different businesses or startups or entrepreneurs being that you're in martech i'm curious do you have any other interesting data insights on Societe so far that you're able to share i'll tell you one one interesting stats on Societe. It's the level of trust that we have seen. Um, mm -hmm. We are not that well established of a name even a few years back. But since we added the upload resume button in our sign up process, 40% of all new registrations upload the resume. We are talking about alums from junior recent alums to senior alums yeah. with 10 to 15 years experience. Some as senior as partners or companies uploading their resume on Societe, right? Because they believe, I'm assuming, and they trust the fact that MBA alums are operating this company and hopefully safely handling their data, which we are. Yeah. But I think it's a trust. And I think this is more of a metric that shows the trust of the users. Because even on very, you know, very popular uh, networks and platforms, you won't see people uploading the resume unless they are you know, well-established names, right? So that actually, I think, is a great metric for us that 40% of the people are uploading the resume on the platform. I think another um, metric uh, or observation that we have seen is that 
people, there are certain days, uh, certain days of the week when people are just like on the platform more often and messaging. And I think that probably applies to other social networks as well. But I think what another great part is that when we do Q&A events, what, what I've seen is that people just appreciate that, the fact that they can quickly talk to the founders, you know, especially who went to a completely different MBA program than theirs. That's really fantastic. And you brought up Q&A um, Q&A sessions as well. So another part of Associate is your live events. Can you kind of go into more a little bit about where you offer that and how you offer that? Sure. So we do this quarterly Q&A sessions every three months. We try to. Uh, we try to bring an MBA founder or a CEO or someone who's senior in the industry to come and talk to the students. It's a Q&A format where we have some prepped questions in the beginning just to you know get the conversation started, but then it's open and the students can pretty much ask this CEO or founder anything um, as long as they are open to sharing that about their company, about their startup journey. And all of these videos are on our associate YouTube channel. So I would strongly encourage your members to check it out as well. You mentioned a few ways where you are set apart from something like LinkedIn or Facebook. Q&As, um, having quite a bit of founders looking for uh, talent and also the whole idea of being able to have access, very easy access to each other. Are there other ways in which you differentiate yourselves from the other platforms out there? Yeah, it's, it's actually, there is one I didn't, we didn't talk about today, which I'm sure you know because you went uh, through the sign-up process yourself mm -hmm. on yeah. Sociate, is that we do not allow anyone to sign up without an email address ending in .edu of their school. Mm. So what that means is that there is no fake profiles, you know, uh, as far as my knowledge, there is none, right? <laughs> and that is something I think we're really proud of, right? So everyone is a validated MBA member or alum of the school they mentioned they went to. And I know recently, you know, we have been hearing from people like Elon Musk talking about the number of fake profiles on Twitter, which obviously is a very different end of the spectrum. But even on LinkedIn, which obviously probably have less, this is a problem, right? But on LinkedIn, we differentiate, in, sorry, on Associate, we differentiate ourselves by having making sure everyone is a true MBA element student. And I think that just adds to the trust of the platform. I agree, that's really fantastic. It reminds me of when Facebook was just only for someone who had a college yeah. email address. And we've certainly come far, far from Very far that from that, time. yeah. So what was an assumption that you had about business school that has been debunked for you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think um, I have to probably mention here one of the professors at Stern. Um, his name is Kavi. He's very popular at Stern. Uh, and one of the quotes he often has in his class, he says, do not confuse... Um, your happy hour with your networking power. And I think that's a very strong statement. I don't think I quite understood the, the gravity of the statement till I came out of his classes and out of, uh, and was and already graduated from the program, was the fact that a lot of people go to great programs, right? But it's not guaranteed that they have the better networking power, the networking access to lean on, right, than someone who may have gone to a middle tier program or, or a lesser known program. Networking is something, it's a repetitive task. It's something you have to go back and do and keep in touch with people, not just because you're looking for a job or you need a particular you know, event to be promoted, but more on a consistent basis. And I think that's one of the things that got done because I initially, when I was, got admission into the MBA program, had this impression that being in sitting in the class and getting in you know, a good grades and finishing the program will guarantee network, you know. And thank God I, I created associate, but even if I did not create associate, I see a lot of people 
within Stern and within other programs who are more network networking oriented has put in the effort and they are definitely can lean on the network more than others in the same program. That's really great you said that. It reminds me of something that one of our professors had told us about an experiment that was done on networking. Um, Professor Duguid told us about this experiment where they threw on a happy hour reception that was supposed to be a networking event. And what they found was most people just talk to the people that they already know. And I feel like that's the difference between the happy hour and networking, right? And so it is really interesting. That's a huge helpful tip. being able to actively network and lean in on meeting new people and seeing mm-hmm. where you guys can match your priorities, I think is Correct. a huge skill set. Correct. So what do you appreciate the most from your experience running Sociate? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, you know, there's two things I really appreciate the most. The first of all, you know, the fact that a um, couple of MBA alums, right, uh, and including our non-alum, you know, technical founder, uh, had the confidence in my vision right and was able to come along for this journey and you know get us going with this product the development the marketing so i really appreciate the fact right because we started off with zero members or one member right so uh, and then i think the biggest uh, you know part that i appreciate the most of the journey is that you know associate has afforded me the ability to talk with so many founders, with so many people on the West Coast, so many people in uh, from the South or other areas of the country, uh, and even some founders and CEOs uh, that I've been able to interview as part of our YouTube Q&A, which frankly, I don't think I would have gotten a chance or would ha- wouldn't have the time if it was not for associate, right? So I'm re- deeply appreciative of that, right? Uh, the fact that, you know, People are willing to put the time to be on a Q&A with me, talk to students, uh, or even get on a prep call with me before the Q&A. And all of this, I think, is because of the journey that we that we embarked upon with Sociate. So do you have any advice for somebody who wants to start and move on a new idea and create it into something new like you did when you were in school? Yeah, and you know what? It's very interesting, and I will, I'll mention. So actually, on Friday, I was talking to another co-founder out of the Stanford program, Annie, and she has a startup she's where she's helping founders, like kind of like couples therapy, but oh, for founders yeah. to come along. So I would have a couple of things. So first of all, I think your team really a your team really matters. So make sure you align with your founders, with your sorry, with your co-founders, with their vision, with their abilities, and things like that. The second advice for me would be: it doesn't matter whether whether you are building, you know, something completely different from associate or or not. But I think at the end of the day, your network, your MBA network, will be able to help you at different stages of your career or even your personal life journey, which you may have not been imagined about, right? Yeah. So I would say that, and I have some actual examples for that as well. Uh, so that would be B, and then C. My advice would be, you know. I think this, it's a common advice, but sometimes you just have to take some risk, right? Measured risk, maybe calculated risk, but you have to take risk in life in general. And uh, whether it's in personal life or even in professional life, um, as long as it's not overstepping your boundaries or, or, or affecting someone else in your in your family or friend circle, uh, I think it's a good thing to take a risk, right? In business, in career, in life, and go for something. If you really think that there's something that's really going to help, mm-hmm. you know, and if your product will be able to somehow address a problem or make life more efficient for people. So I'm sure there's going to be listeners who are not yet on Sociate. So what do you want to tell them to get them onto the platform and why do you think they should use it? 
Great question. So if your listeners are MBA students and alums, which I think majority of your listeners will yeah. be, <laughs> um, Tiffany, I would say that if they're looking to get a job, if they're looking to hire someone for a job, if they're looking to promote their startup, if they're looking to even work for a startup, if they are just planning to message people in their industry, in their vertical for a coffee chat or for a simple phone call, I think Sociate will be a great platform for them to get started. It takes less than 60 seconds to sign up on Sociate as you have seen yourself. Mm -hmm. And I would love every member that you have on your podcast to try Sociate and also share the opportunities, share their events, share the insights, right? So that MBAs helping MBAs is a reality. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much. And I have to say thank you also for having featured the podcast on Sociate as well. Um, that was a huge step for me in the right direction of using Sociate and really seeing the power of what it can do. And it connected us, which I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast for. You're welcome. Thank you. 